This chapter of my life is called Walking on Water. I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. I don't even understand how I'm doing it. But I look before me and I see God and I see him telling me to continue to walk. So I continue to walk. If you know me, then you know my story and you know none of it makes sense. I spent every day last year podcasting. I didn't have a job. I couldn't keep a job. I'm podcasting every day. I'm not getting paid. Yo, I was broke. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know why I was doing it. But I heard God say, keep going. All of a sudden, the same voice that said, keep going, told me to stop. So I stopped. I didn't create for a good three to four months. That same voice that told me to stop came back a third time talking about, take the money you've been saving and book a studio. And so here I am in a studio and all I can do is just continue to walk on water. What's up, you guys? Welcome to another episode of the Constance Ennis Show. I am your host, Constance. Y'all know I like to read me a little good book. Today's book is... Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. And as y'all know, we're going to speak about how the things that I learned in the book can now be implemented into my life and how they apply to me. This book was actually broken up into three different parts. Part one being aspire, part two being success, and part three being failure. The biggest takeaway for me, it's time to just shut up and let your work speak for itself, okay? If you sit and you think about social media, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Facebook, whatever the case is, it's always prompting you to talk about what it is that you're doing in that moment, what it is that you're thinking about in that moment. All of that talk and all of that tweeting and all of that posting on Instagram, whatever the case may be, is taken away from you actually doing. This is what the book says. Talk depletes us. Talking and doing fight for the same resource. Research shows that while goal visualization is important, after a certain point, our mind begins to confuse it with actual progress. After spending so much time thinking, explaining, and talking about a task, we start to feel that we've gotten closer to achieving it. Or worse, when things get tough, we feel like we can toss the whole project to the side because we've given it our best try. Although, of course, we haven't. I really resonated with that mostly because um, last year I would see myself getting very frustrated and just fed up with the fact that things weren't where I wanted them to be or where I felt like they needed to be. And I think I felt like, because I talked so much about what I wanted to do and I talked so much about my goals, I kind of confused myself into believing that I had put in so much effort when I don't want to downplay the effort that I put into it, but there was so much more work that needed to be done. And so I opened up by saying, everybody just needs to shut up and get the work done, focus on the task at hand. If I was much more focused on the task, I wouldn't be so caught up in the next thing, right? I think it's so easy to focus on the next steps when you're not focusing on what needs to be done right now. I think it's important to finish what you gotta do today, then you can worry about tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day. Also, I feel like when you talk and you're talking about what you wanna do, now Susie feels like she can speak up and tell you that she don't think that you're capable of doing that. Or even worse, she starts to give you ideas and now you double guessing what you thought you needed to do or what God told you to do. Y'all know I believe in purpose and y'all know that I believe that God put us on this earth to execute a task that only you can do. And if you're spending your time speaking about it, talking about it, posting about it to appease others, to to receive some type of validation, you are hindering yourself, I think, from getting closer to to acting in what it is that you were supposed to do. I recently started reading the book of Matthew in the Bible. And so I'm getting to see Jesus move a lot through life. And I think one of the things that I admire about Jesus is that he don't spend every single day talking about, y'all, I was brought here to die for your sins. I'm God. I'm this. I'm that. Like, no, the only talking you hear Jesus doing is talking about parables, which is essentially the, the task that Jesus was sent here to do. You know, Jesus was so much more focused on healing and letting people see who God is through him rather than telling people, I'm God, I'm God, I'm God, I'm God. Now, the reason I'm bringing up the Jesus reference is because I'm taking a lot of time in my life right now to get to know who Jesus is. And I think that 
as I reflect on what I learned from the book and as I look at Jesus' actions, I see that you really don't need to talk. Let your actions speak for themselves. Also, if you do the work, you really don't got to talk because people will see that it's done. But you shouldn't even be doing it for people because you're doing it for God in Jesus' name. All right, so the next thing that the book talked about was becoming a student. And I think that this is pretty self-explanatory. If you aspire to be a leader, if you aspire to have to do great things in this world, I think it's important that you are open to learning, being open to criticism and feedback. The book definitely talks about that too. Not being opposed to hearing that, hey, you could have did this better, or hey, you should do this. This is something that the book said, and I thought that it was a good takeaway. The ego avoids feedback at all costs. However, who wants to remand themselves of remedial training? It thinks it already knows how and who we are. That is, it thinks that we are spectacular, perfect, genius, truly innovative. It dislikes reality and prefers its own assessment. So everyone, just be mindful that you aren't letting ego run the course of your life, making sure that you aren't letting ego tell you that you know more than you do know. One thing my mom always taught me, which I'm, I'm starting to understand is that if somebody's telling you something, let them just tell you whatever it is that they have to tell you. You don't have to tell them, I know, or you don't have to tell them that, I got it all figured out. They don't need to know that. I think that that is ego speaking. Um, allow people the opportunity to teach, to speak, and you know, take from that whatever applies to you. This was a really good takeaway from the book, okay? It talks about something that I had never heard about before and it's called the Canvas Strategy. So the canvas strategy is essentially helping yourself by helping others. Making a concentrated effort to trade short-term gratification for long-term payoff. And I thought that that was a really good takeaway. Recently, I noticed that at work, I do my best to be the best and not necessarily like be the best as far as being like the number one employee, but making sure that I am reliable because I understand that if I do my job, then my boss can get her job done. Um, in previous jobs, I did not care about anything that the boss wanted because I felt like I'm better than this. I'm too pretty to be here. I'm too skilled to be here. This isn't my dream job. And so I allowed myself to fall short in the office because I felt like I, I didn't need to be here. That was my ego. And that cost me my job on several different occasions. I sit back and I reflect. I would say, I can't believe I got fired. And then looking back, I see that I was doing things like I work from home, y'all know that. So I would do things like go shopping during the workday because I'm worried about my looks for the show or I'm worried about my looks for Instagram. And again, just falling short in the workplace and then being upset because I failed. I let ego run the course in my life at work. And this is the first time where I'm like, I'm not letting that happen. I'm going to trust that God put me here for a good reason. There is work that needs to be done here. And whether I want to look at it from the lens of God put me here, or I just want to look at it from the lens of work. I'm here to work and I'm here to do the best work possible. And I think that this book just reminds me to always take pride in what it is that I'm doing. I took for granted how impactful it could be to help others and how beneficial it would be to help others because it only builds a good rapport for me. You never know who's gonna need a who you're gonna need a recommendation from, right? And so if the only people that you have had experience with are your employers and you've been a bad employee, how the hell are you gonna get that recommendation? Exactly, be your best and know that it's gonna help you in the long run, all right? And if, even if you're not doing it for the sake of trade-offs and exchanges, it doesn't hurt to just show up and be your best and help others, okay? We were put on this earth to help one another in whatever capacity that is, and I think it's important to do your best to help others. All right, this chapter closes off with the chapter work, 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 okay? And it, it, these are some points that it highlights. You can't build a reputation on what you're going to do, and that was uh, a quote by Henry Ford. 
And I think that that is a good read. You talking about, I'm going to do that. Shoot, I was talking about, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a talk to her. I'm gonna do Girl, just be quiet and get it done. And as you can see, we getting it done in Jesus' name. Okay. Our ego wants the ideas and fact that we aspire to do something about them to be enough. And I think that that's true. Like, my ego was feeding off the fact that I had this dream and this idea. Like, girl, that is not enough. Get the work done. And lastly, every time you sit down to work, remind yourself, I'm delaying gratification by doing this. I am passing the marshmallow test. I am earning what my ambition burns for. I am making an investment in myself instead of in my ego. All right? It says to give yourself credit for this choice, but not so much because you've got work to do. There's a task at hand. Get it done. I think the work is just important. Just back to Jesus. Like you just see that man getting active in the field, getting real active. He do a little parable or two, but he ain't got to tell people he the son of God. It's a given by the work that he's doing. Period. Okay. So we into the next um, segment of the book. One of the things that this book brought to my attention or made me realize was that you just aren't that great. And I was conflicted with that because I felt like, how are you going to tell me I ain't great and I believe that I'm great? It's more so just realizing that, again, just get your tasks done. So it makes a reference to the story about Jeff Bezos. We all know Jeff Bezos is the founder of Amazon. And Jeff Bezos says that there was no aha moment where he got this idea to create Amazon. I think that that is a good takeaway. The book says that instead of pretending that we are living some great story, we must remain focused on execution. I think when you allow ego to spill all this tea to you about the fact that you are big shit and you're getting things done, you forget, not you forget, but you just neglect the task at hand. I don't know how many times I got to keep saying it, but the book kept reiterating it to me in so many different ways that really just made me reflect on how I was handling this show and many other things in my life. I was just so focused on the idea that that execution was half-assed. Like I'm dropping episodes that aren't even coming out in full because, oh, I got the idea. Like, girl, no, take your time, slow your roll. And again, like really just take pride in what you're doing, but also understand the magnitude of the work that you are doing. When you understand the magnitude of the work rather than fixating on the magnitude of the idea, and the magnitude of the recognition that you will receive, I think you have an opportunity to sit and understand that this is something that yes, God gave you, but it takes time to create. And be cool with that time that it takes to create and do what needs to be done in order for this thing to be executed. Okay, the book also talks about knowing what's important to you. What's your why? I think knowing your why is important too because you don't ever want to, you don't ever wanna, I don't wanna use the word jeopardize, but like, I think it's so easy to take, 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 take when you don't know what you want, right? Recently, I was presented an opportunity and I'm so proud of myself for declining the opportunity. Last year, I was taking any opportunity and I was taking any opportunity because I felt like maybe there was a lack of opportunity or maybe like I needed this opportunity to get to the next place. But if you know what you're doing and you know why you're doing it, you can easily discern this isn't an opportunity for me. Or hey, maybe I don't want to be naked on TV because that's not where I see myself in five years, 10 years, or that's not how I see myself executing what God has told me to do. It's really just understanding your why so that you don't compromise. That's the word I'm looking for. You don't ever want to compromise who you are, your morals, your values, yourself for short term or instant gratification or because you feel like that's what you have to do. Know your why. And I think to know your why, you really got to get in tune with God. If you ain't getting into a God, a reading old Bible, if you ain't talking to God, I don't know how you're going to know your why. I don't know how you're going to know your why. And you're going to be walking around this earth, dibbling and dabbling in a whole bunch of stuff. That was me at a point in time. I'm not shitting on anybody who does it because you got to do what you got to do to live life. And God's going to teach you your lessons however it needs to be done. But 
I think talk to God and get to know your why so that you know what you're doing and so that you don't take opportunities that you don't need to take. I'm not saying the time is wasted, but I think you could get a lot closer to your purpose and executing what you were put here to do if you understand and know your why. Another point that the book touched on that I thought was a read for real was managing yourself, knowing how to manage yourself. I think a lot of us see ourselves as bosses. I think a lot of us see that in the future, uh, whether it be near or further down the line, I think a lot of us see ourselves leading and managing people in some capacity. And I think it's important to make sure that you are knowing how to manage yourself before you step into that role of trying to manage others, right? I think we all can agree that we've had a boss at a point in time that would be sitting there trying to get on your ass about something. Whole time they don't even know how to do anything. Whole time they didn't even teach you how to do what needs to be done and now they mad. Don't nobody want to be that boss, all right? So you got to make sure that you are, it's not even about being knowledgeable in like the industry. It's literally about knowing how to manage your time, knowing how to manage anything going on in your life so that you are not negatively impacting the rest of your team. The book says that a fish thinks from the head. And when I read that, it all made sense. Like, if the team sucks, the manager sucks, right? It's not just that the manager is great and the team isn't competent. No, you got to make sure that you are really in line with yourself and have everything that you have to have in order so that you can really manage whomever it is that you are working with. And in addition to that, it's so important that you, the book says, maintain your sobriety. I think that that's important too. Like no matter what position you have, no matter your ranking, no matter where you are um, within your career or in life, do not get so drunk and high off power that you are treating people poorly. I think we all, again, I've had a boss that was just, oh, they felt like they was really big shit because they was the boss. Like, you suck. And now I'm about to leave this establishment and now they shorthanded. I think everybody wants, I think everybody should just be like the best boss possible. And I think by being the best boss, poss the best boss possible, you got to get realistic with yourself about your flaws, about the things that you fall short of so that you don't bring that into your team and negatively impact and affect your team. Okay, this is the last takeaway from part two. And I thought that this was beautiful, okay? Ryan Holiday says that we should meditate on immensity. He gives a suggestion that you go to a battlefield or go to an ocean, go somewhere and just sit and look. Like I, I say battlefield, like historic battlefield, like go somewhere of great history and sit and look and realize that, wow, people were here before me. Not only were people here before me, like life has existed before my existence. When ego has you feeling like you're so high and mighty and you're a top dog and you're the best and nobody's effing with you and you can't, like whenever ego is making your head blow up, honestly, I think you should do this before ego does it. Just take a second to sit back, reflect and see. Like whenever I go on vacation, all I can do is cry because you're just looking at the ocean, you're like, oh my God, look what God created. Like there's just so much out there and I'm so small and minuscule compared to this great thing life, the world. I think it really does a great job of putting things back into perspective and allowing you to come back down from your high horses to see that there is so much more to life than you. And there's so much that needs to be done on this earth. And there's so much that people have tried to do before you coming in and still couldn't be completed. Like we just aren't that great, right? But God is, he's created all of us. He's created all of these things. And I think that we should just take a moment to appreciate them. I think that that will do us some justice and not being so caught up in ego. All right, so the next Part and the last part in the book is failure. I think we all know that failure is inevitable. I think we all can speak about times that we've had setbacks or that we failed and the book says that ego might be the reason for it. Y'all know my big LA fiasco story. We ain't even gonna get into it because I've graduated from that terrible, terrible time. But ego took me there. 
right? No matter how I want to flip it and spin it, like God sent me there, whatever needed to be done. I think God helped me through it, but ego is the reason why I went there. I thought I was above a job. I thought I was above just anything and any, like I, I just thought I, I almost felt like I was God. I hate to say it. I don't think I was God, but that, that was the energy I was giving. Ego had me feeling so good that I could manifest this and shake this up. That's why I'd be like, everybody be real careful about that manifestation stuff. You ain't God. I ain't saying that stuff can't come to you, but it's God that's bringing it to you. If you let that ego get the best of you, child, you're going to be in for a rude awakening. You don't want to take my advice, go ahead and do what you do and see if you end up homeless or whatever. I had to learn the hard way. But back to what we talk about. Failure is bound to happen. Don't let failure be the reason why you stop getting the work done. Remember, we are all put on this earth to execute something. God saw that the world needed you for something. You need to get it done. No matter if you fail, you got to pick yourself up by them bootstraps, shake it off, and get back to it. God's going to handle the rest. You just get back to executing the work, okay? The book also says that the only real failure is abandoning your principles. I think that is so true. I think this goes back to make sure you know your why so you are not compromising your morals, your values, and who you are to get things done for the sake of I don't even know it wouldn't even be your why because you're compromising it okay and the last thing that the book says all right yeah i'll say this the last thing that the book says in relation to failure is that um a person who can think long term doesn't pity herself during short term com sh during short term setbacks i think that that's important too you don't want to be sitting crying about something that happened two minutes ago because it's two minutes ago the two minutes passed let's get over it and make some stuff happen for the next 23 hours of the day or 24 hours a day whatever like make the most of what you have to get the work done that needs to be done. All right. The last thing that this book closes off with is always love. And I think that that is so important because it's easy to get caught up in like over investigating the situation, over analyzing it, saying so-and-so did you wrong. They did you wrong because of X, Y, Z and P and Q and S. I've been there. I tend to do it. I'm an overthinker. I'm trying to get out of that. Whether or not they were acting with mal or in malintent or with malintent, that's beyond me. That's for God to figure out between God and them to work out. That don't got nothing to do with me. I just got to do what I got to do. And what I got to do is get this work done and do what God placed me on this earth to do and show love to everybody because the book don't say this, but Constance is saying this, that's what Jesus is. You see Jesus loving everybody. I think love is really important and we should always lead with love and we should show love regardless of what someone else has done to you. I'm working on that myself. I be trying to move in love. Sometimes people be really trying me, but I'm trying to walk in my what would Jesus do lifestyle. The book says, so you hate in failure or adversity. It's easy to hate. Hate defers blame. It makes someone else responsible. It's a distraction too. We don't do much else when we're busy getting revenge or investigating the wrongs that supposedly have been done to us. Like, just, just don't worry about, y'all don't need to be worrying. We all don't need to be worrying about hating or, or getting revenge or trying to get our lick back, get back, whatever, like just leave with love and leave it to God and, and bro, just move with love. All right. So that's really the end of it. I think that this was a great read. I read it on Audible, so I really listened to it. But if you guys want to read it, I will leave a link down below in the description box for you guys to get the free ebook so that you guys can read it too. And that's all that I have for y'all. Y'all already know what to do. I need y'all to like, comment and subscribe okay tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend that you just got some tea from the constantina show i love y'all i appreciate y'all and i will see you next episode peace hello um so i got back with my ex and he told me that he tested positive for chlamydia <laughs> <laughs>